The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. And uh, to learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. As always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for this show as hashtag CIO. And our topic for today is turning IT's focus from visibility to value. Our guest is John Malazzo, who's the Chief Information Officer with Kodak Alaris. Hey, John, how are you? Very good. How are you? Very good, sir. Life is good and kind. How about you? Excellent. Um, doing very well. Great. So here, the topic we picked up is, is uh, we, whenever the CIOs are being asked to help create value for business and or do some projects, there's always been a tussle when it comes to showing a business case. And when we are trying to do so, talk to the CFO, they look for a hard ROI, talk to the CEO once in a while, they'll say, okay, yeah, this, this has some soft benefit. But do you think if we always talk about the hard ROI, is is that, while it's logical, do you think that's going to take us in the right direction? Because what we are saying is IT stands to create value and not just an activity which you need to measure. Yeah, so, um, I mean, hard ROI, hard ROI, that's important. I mean, you, you, cannot, um, you cannot have too soft of an ROI. I, long ago, when I first start, started in the career, there were lots of IT projects that we ran um, that were justified on saving somebody five minutes of their job. And you get 100 people and you save my five minutes and you can come up with a business case pretty quickly. The problem with that is you never really um, save the company any money because you never had a headcount that actually left the corporation. So... We, we have an obligation to make sure that there are savings and that the ROI is real, um, but we just need to be a little more creative uh, on how we actually demonstrate that um, when we put the business case together and, and actually look for a, a savings in some area or another. And it could be a, a savings that's um, maybe productivity savings, um, cost avoidance savings, but we need to be able to get back to the CEO, CFO, and say, here's the dollar value, and this is exactly where it came out of um, uh, of the corporation. Um, one of the things we uh, I like to do is if someone, a department, says that they're going to save you know, $100, we want to take that from their budget. We want them to sign up for the $100 savings. Um, so that they feel ownership for it. So it doesn't become just an IT project. It's a partnership with with the business. And when you talk about the dollars that they're going to save, 
where is this number coming from? Is this true math or is it's it's made up numbers? Well, it's through math. Um, we don't want made up numbers. That's I think that's what gets us into trouble. The, the made up numbers of I'll save someone five minutes every day, um, and then you add up all the five minutes and you get to a um, you know a savings for the corporation. That's a made up number. We don't want made up numbers. What we want is IT to be in partnership with the business to say um, this is exactly how we're going to save or how we're going to be more productive or how we're going to provide our customers a better service. And when you're looking at uh, all forms of business value, and if you were to say these are to be quantified and measurable, do you think you can realistically move the company forward? You'll then become a bean counter, or the whole company will become, or the leadership will become bean counters versus what I call as a venture capitalist who takes a leap, leap of faith, and not everything is quantified from the get-go. And then they make win some and they lose some, but the sum total, hopefully, is that they move the company forward. Do you think that type of mindset, especially in today's day and age when it's so competitive, can we remain in that bean-counting mode? It, it, it has to be a mixture. It has to be both. I, I don't think it can be just bean-counting. Um, let me use an example for, from, from um, Kodak Alaris. Um, so we, we have some products that we offer for the mail rooms, for example, or onboarding. Let's, let's use the onboarding of a, of a, a potential customer. Um, what's the value of being able to sit down across the table from someone, have a conversation with them, and have them onboarded into one of our systems quickly and efficiently before the conversation even ends? There's a value. There's, a, there, there's some sort of a value to that, and we may not be able to say, it's exactly $100, but we could calculate the value of onboarding a person faster and quicker um, than having to write it down on a piece of paper, type it into a system, um, and then um, you know, go through all the process of the potential process of, of errors that come with that. We've discussed business value in so many different you know, forums, and I'm sure you've gone and spoken about this. One approach is to look at business value as the value uh, to the business as an organization internally where you work. Another is to define it in form of the business value which your customer gets as a result of what you do internally. Which one would you think would be a better measure of you making sure that you're doing the right things for the right reasons? Customer. It's clearly what our customers would get, the external customers. Um, we're here as an extension of the corporation. We are not here, uh, in, we shouldn't be here as IT internal only. We should be looking at ways that we can partner with um, the business, uh, actually be part of the business. So I'm not even sure I like that term, partnering with the business, but we're a part of the business that provides value to the customer. Um, so again, back to the onboarding, um, we should be able to you know, provide services and tools that allow us to onboard customers faster and quicker. Um, but we shouldn't be thought of as just a separate, uh, separate process, a separate business activity, um, an internal focus only. We have to have, um, we use this term over again, that we have to have that seat at the table. We need to be viewed, IT should be viewed, uh, no different than the marketing organization or the sales organization. Um, we should be viewed as an extension of the business and how, what we're doing to provide the customer 
um, value and the ability to delight them and have them come back and uh, use our company over and over again. So would you say that in such a scenario where you're trying to work towards a value created for the end customer or your customer as an organization, and if they have just a thumbs up or thumbs down versus a dollar ROI, then that that thumbs up and thumbs down itself is a subjective measure. Can you really line up all your initiatives and everything which will give customers some value, but they cannot themselves measure and be make it quantifiable? Is that what's your what's your approach to making what I would almost call as business value value chain, where you are creating and value for the customer they themselves either should be a hard hard ROI driven, which then can be translated back to say okay this is how much we spend and this is how much value they got, so we are in business and we'll continue to stay in business because we demonstrated value. Um, I'm not sure if there's a question in there. Um, Help, help me with your with the actual question. Yeah, so so what what I'm essentially saying is, should we always have a very hard ROI driven number or or quantifiable business value which customer says they got because you delivered as a business? Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm I'm back to it. It has to be. You have to have an element of the hard ROI. So we you have to be able to sell that. You're selling projects to. CEOs, CFOs, right? So you have to have some element of um, if I if I invest a hundred dollars, I believe the corporation will um, will generate a hundred and five dollars worth of value out of that. There has to be some some hard number that comes with that. But as I said, when I go back to the example of onboarding um, an employee or onboarding a customer, um, there is there is value to that. It's a little softer. Um, so when I sit across the, the table from a customer and I'm able to onboard them using the tools we provide uh, much faster, I can lock them in sooner, what's the value of getting a customer locked in or onboarded faster um, than, than not? So there is, there's a hard number that comes with that, and then there's this, um, a softer number that comes with that as well. If you look at IT itself as... Um a value creator for the internal organization, for example. And we know that, yes, it, it, there is a cost involved in running IT, but also it is now, given that it's the very fabric for most organizations, it's become like a cost of doing business. If we start penny-pinching and start digging deeper into every cent that is spent, then do you think it could almost take us towards a point where there's a lot of diminishing returns and or it starts becoming counterproductive where you are going to cringe at really going all the way to deliver most value. Yeah, if, if IT is viewed as nothing more than a cost center, that then, then it does become a death spiral. Um, IT can't be viewed as just a cost center. It really needs to be viewed as, um, as a business partner, the ability to add value. Uh, if all you're trying to do is measure, you know, how much uh, how much does it cost to run a server? How much, um, you know, what's your our, uh, what's your percent of revenue? Um, your budget as a percent of revenue, and you're not looking at it as an investment. That could quickly become a death spiral. Um, what happens though? T- typically, you people companies look at that when they don't believe that IT is adding a value. 
for a service. And so if they don't see, if, if the operations aren't run properly, um, meaning um, I can't log in, um, every time I go to use the phone, it's broke. Uh, when I go to use email, I, I keep getting booted out of it. If we aren't able to demonstrate the basics, the blocking and the tackling, that's when it all of a sudden becomes more of a of a cost center and you end up, you know, typically the CIO is let go and somebody else comes in to try and straighten that out. You have to demonstrate your value. You've got to build off of the off of the basics, you know, the basic blocking and tackling. Then you work your way into the value adding and you start partnering with um with the business to say, now how can we help you provide the service to our customers. Again, I know in the Kodak Alaris situation, um, we, have a, we have a group, um, our information management group, and they're looking at providing services. Um, I use uh, the Azure service internally to, to provide, um, our, it runs our ERP system. I'm in conversations with the president of that company around using Azure, uh, leveraging our learnings and using Azure to help provide services that he he is looking to provide for the corporation. So it's, a, it's that gradual step. It, I couldn't have a conversation with him if our internal ERP system was up and down every other day because we couldn't get um, our services working. So that's a great response. Now, what ends up happening is, like you mentioned, and this is a very well Credit path where you first demonstrate credibility or create credibility for yourself, and then you ask for more. That to- totally is agree uh, agree with that. Now you will always have that path for any successful leader like yourself who has built a credibility. But then when you go in there, you still will have the scrutiny. So can you, if you were to coach your CEO or CFO, what level of scrutiny is enough? beyond which it becomes counterproductive and you would start pulling back on even proposing anything because it's not going to fly? Um, I think a level of scrutiny. I, I don't look at it as a level of scrutiny. I'm, uh, every function in the company needs to be looked at and, and there's some level of value that comes with it. Um, so we could apply that same yardstick to the marketing organization or to an R&D organization. What level of scrutiny do we apply to them? Um, I, I am a firm believer that, that we have looked at IT as something different than the other parts of, of the business. We, are just, we should be viewed as just as much as a, an equal player uh, as the other parts of the business. Um, don't know the, that that we would use the same terminology um, in in scrutinizing the sales organization, the R and D organization, the marketing organization, as we do with the IT group. I think that's an old, you know, nineteen eighties, nineties yardstick. I think it has to be because, we, as you had said earlier, we are so embedded in delivering services to the to the company and the company. It really depends on us. We're the fabric of the company. We shouldn't be using words like, are we scrutinizing the IT organization more or less than any other part of the, the function of the organization? Uh, I, I think we have to be viewed as an equal partner and shouldn't be using terms that we don't use for the other parts of the organization. Let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, let's build upon the the term that you used, which is services, right? We are saying if you have anything available, like you mentioned about Azure services, since we are going that service model, that makes it easier for someone to um, quantify, if you will, and that makes easier to do the math. 
Now, there is a term called XAAS, which is everything as a service. Is that where we should be heading in order for us to basically be always showing value, but in quantifiable terms, is that's the holy grail? Or there are some other ways so that you can just provide enough to the people who are looking to understand how much value you created and then they're happy and you get your job done. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. We're listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, John, when we look at everything as a service, now that's that's something which people are aspiring to do because then that would make, hopefully, life easier and more. Everything that you are offering can be quantifiable and it can be measurable. But till we get there, what's the best balance so that as many things as you can, you move towards a services model, but it, it also comes with its own pains. What's, what's that balance that a company can strike? Yeah, um, good question. Everything is a service. Um, that gives you tremendous and total flexibility. Um, so that's, the, that's nirvana. Um, and as your company changes, it gives you the ability to, uh, to be agile. Um, you know, one of the Kodak Alaris values is our ability to be agile. If we see a, you know, an opportunity, how quickly can we move? And so when you get to... You know, infrastructure as a service, um, uh, PaaS, IaaS, all of the as a service uh, activities. What that does is it just gives you the ability to turn things on and off faster. Um, so that is nirvana. Um, I don't think it, it, it. We certainly aren't going to get there tomorrow, right? We're going to have to work to and towards that. Um, but that certainly does provide you with that ability to be a little more nimble and a little more agile. You know, the most progressive companies, as at least you and I may have seen, are the ones who are able to 
you know, uh, deploy creative destruction, if you will, which is you literally take something what you were doing, let go of it, and start afresh. And that requires you to go and, and keep showing value, but also have uh, you, you request your leadership to have faith because you are taking something which may have been working, maybe not to the fullest potential, but you're saying, I'm going to retire this. It's not as, I'm not just talking about retiring a system, but retiring a way of working or a way of thinking. And the companies who have done that successfully are frankly taking quantum leaps. That's not happening with every company. So my question is why? When you see the results of such an approach, but then why? Yeah, the creative destruction or reinventing yourself over and over again uh, from a business perspective can be scary because to do that properly, um, you should be at, at the pinnacle of your services. You should be looking at what is the disruptive force that... Um, that is going to be here in two or three years. Um, and it's hard to, to sit on top of a very profitable business and say, this, isn't going to be, this will not be profitable in five or six more years. Um, we're going to have to go reinvent ourselves and possibly throw away what we've got. That, that's, that is just, that's a mindset. That's a business mindset um, that's difficult to infuse in people. You almost need entrepreneurial um, mentality um, to do that. You're constantly, constantly reinventing yourself. Um, and, and sometimes business people, when they get comfortable, you know, they built something. If you think about it, they built it, it's their child, and now you're asking them to throw the baby out with the bathwater and do something completely different uh, to be disruptive. Um, I agree that we have to. We, we, we as business people have to do that more. Um, our lead times for products are, are shortened. Um, no longer do we enjoy the, you know, the ability to plan for a couple of years and then build something and test it and then enjoy the, the revenue for five, six, seven years after that. Uh, our timelines are measured in months now rather than years or decades. So if, if IT were to shift from doing something, which is some form of fashion contributing to running the operations, to doing the right thing, which will make the company relevant and also allow a very clear demonstration of, of, the, of the fact that IT is creating value, that requires the mindset of what we just spoke about as creative destruction, et cetera. Can that entrepreneurism in, exist in a company where the CEO or the other executive staff doesn't, not necessarily subscribe, but they are not the same type of people? Can, can, can the IT leader be the Pied Piper who takes the other executive leadership along to, 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 to that path? Um, it has to be a partnership. I, um, I think the IT leader can help uh, influence that. Um, and again, depending on where they are in the organization, um, you know, do they build the relationships that they need to build? I, I view the CIO role you know, less as the back office operations and more of that relationship with um, the leaders of the corporation and having that conversation with them. Uh, so I think they can influence. I think a CIO has the ability to influence and demonstrate um, how quickly technology can influence their businesses and help them think through uh, how they reinvent themselves. Um, I don't know that we can do it separately, 
but we can influence um, their thinking. You know, we talk about bimodal or multimodal IT, you know, uh, all along where you could have the keeping the lights on staff and our processes or investments, and then you have the the disruptive, innovative type of investments. Mm -hmm. Would you think when we talk about measuring activity and just staying put versus uh, showing that we deliver value, then we take that innovation arm and showcase that, hey, we are creating value. And the other one is we just have to give you reams of reports so you know that we are doing something and it costs you X. Is that how this is played today? So um, the way it should be played is um, where you t- there's, there are two components. Clearly the bimodal statement is a good statement. There are uh, two components for us, and the analogy I would use is, you know, I, I walked into this conference room I'm sitting in here today, and I turned the lights on. Um, I didn't think twice about the fact that the lights were not going to come on, and if they didn't come on, I would be pretty upset, um, but I am not going to call the head of utilities at the end of this meeting and say thank you for making sure that the lights were here to the building, um, the electricity came and the lights were on in the building. Um, there is a component, an IT component, uh, that's very similar to that. It's, it's, it's a very utilitarian type of a component. We have to absolutely deliver that. Um, the second part, then, is the investment part, the value part. If, if we can't get that utilitarian component taken care of, um, and I don't think it's with reams and reams of, of statistics. I, I think that's a mistake. I think it's very similar to the, the light situation. I don't get a report from utilities saying that the uptime for this building was uh, you know, Six Sigma. Um, so I don't think we do it with reams and reams of reports. I think you build the credibility that when uh, someone comes into the, the company, their, their functions that they need to run through IT are up and running all the time. Then we have that conversation of you know, how do we add the value. I, I have um, when I when I talk about IT in uh, at least here at Kodak Alaris, um, I I have a picture that I've drawn. I call it my stick figure picture. I've got a person, and uh, then a couple of boxes off to the right of that person. And my comments to my team is, people come in and there's two things that they worry about. Um, they want to make sure that their phone is working, their laptop is working, or their iPad is working. They want to be able to get into it quickly and easily, um, and they want to be able to get to whatever tool it is that they need to do their job. And if they're a purchasing person, they just want to be able to create a PO because that's how they add value to the corporation. If they're an accountant, they want to get in and do journal voucher entries. Um, and I have multiple boxes. It's a, if you can just mentally picture this, it's one big box and then sort of concentric boxes inside of it. Um, the two that the the two that are important to them are the ability to use that tool, that, that laptop, the iPhone, the iPad, that device that they use to, to perform their job, the ability to then connect to the application that they need to do their job to add value. And then the third box I highlight is the help desk. Uh, if it's broken, they want to be able to fix it, and they want to be able to fix it quickly. So with that mental image, um, there are a whole bunch of other concentric boxes inside of there that we need to make, to make sure that we're providing those services. We've got to make sure the network is up and running. We've got to make sure the data centers are there. We've got to make sure that the, the, data, um, the, the databases are working and tuned properly. 
but an end user, a user, no longer really could care less about the database. If I could talk to them about databases and uptime and provide them with statistics, they really don't care about that because they just care about, I'm coming in, I log in, I'm doing a purchase order, and for some reason my laptop uh, blue screened on me, do I have somebody to call to fix it and fix it quickly? That's that's the, the utilitarian model. That's the back office. That's what we need. That table stakes. That's what I need to provide to the corporation. It's that model. Once that's under control, I can then have the conversation with, you know, the as I said, our, our IM group here, our, um, our information management group, about how they're providing a service using Azure. Let's take a quick break listeners when we come back i'd like to bring this topic of of uh, you mentioned that you know my my lights are on and everything is good how much emphasis do we put on it or how well should we negotiate so that we are not putting all our efforts into this one bucket and cannibalizing on the other which is the value creation bucket because at the end of it the sum total of whatever IT delivers is going to have a direct impact on what the business delivers, given that the level at which IT is is uh, impacting the business value created for your customer. So what is that level of investment and focus on keeping the lights on versus disruptive innovation? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, John, getting a seat at the table, of course, you have to earn it. And for that, you have to at least take care of the table stakes, which is support and, and like IT, basic IT is humming. While all that is going on, you will always 
have resource crunches, and you would always have bandwidth issues, which would prevent you from going and doing those disruptive projects, which, to be very frank, will be seen as the ones where you went beyond the call of duty and created value. But if you're always not scared, but always so consumed with keeping the lights on because we are saying if that's not on, then these guys are going to not give me the money. Then maybe there is a negotiation to be done where we say we'll have an acceptable SLA so that the whole team is not totally always busy taking care of those basic operations and never get the breather to do something creative which will move the business forward. And you'll get a chance to show that IT really creates some value versus just keeping a utility on. Great. Um, great question. So, uh, especially around the, the SLAs. So, the meeting I was in just before this one is um, where I review our monthly operating reports, where 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 we talk about you know what are our statistics, what what are our key performance indicators, and where are we against those. Um, and so some of it is a negotiation with the corporation um, to say, and I'll use our, our wide area network as an example, um, we measure uptime in the wide area network. This isn't something that I publish to the general population because, as I said, in that, that model that I, that I refer to as my stick figure model, um, they really don't care if the network's up or running. If, if the network could be down, and this wouldn't happen, but the network could be down, as long as they're able to get to their, their laptop and their application uh, and do their job, they're happy. Um, but to the network and the SLAs, what I have is a number, right? So we, we're at maybe five sigma. I'll, I'll make that up. Uh, is that good enough? Um, and if the corporation says that's not good enough or we're experiencing multiple outages, I can go back and put a business case together. So back to the where we started this conversation with a business case. I can put a business case together and say if we have to get to six sigma, and I need complete and total redundancy, no matter what the situation, um, I, will, I will need to spend X more money to get to this level and hit this, this SLA. Here's the business case that comes with this. For every hour that, we're, that the network is down, we lose, um, let's say it's in, in our Manaus facility, we, we, we shut it down, we lose a day of uh, manufacturing, and that day of manufacturing can uh, represents X amount of potential lost revenue. So there is a, a business case that comes with that. So to the utilitarian model, you do have to hit some SLAs, and I think the SLAs become the point of discussion, but it's a business discussion. It isn't a technical discussion. It's a business discussion of if I want, to, if I want this SLA to increase, here's the amount, but this is why we're increasing the SLA is because we need additional productivity. Uh, we need to make sure that if we don't shut the site down. One end, we spoke about SLA. Then we also spoke about how to find the breathing room to get some innovation done. Now let's talk agility for a second, which really is not a value creator, but there is some, uh, you know, a need. I'm not sure where this is coming from, but some need to move things faster. And that also has a cost attached to it. Who creates this need and how can someone justify value to it? or like create, like attach some value to it for it to even be justified to run faster for no rhyme or reason? Well, that's interesting. The no, the no rhyme or reason, I don't think, um, I, I think there has to be a rhyme or reason to it. We have to be able to, to, 
to put it back to some reason why we're doing this. And that reason needs to be a business reason. Um, I think we, we have an obligation to work with um, the businesses to come up with that rhyme or reason. And that we need to move faster for this business reason. We think we can increase sales, we can increase the revenue, uh, we can decrease costs. There, there usually is a rhyme or reason to it. Um, and how fast you move is how well you're able to, to put that, uh, to paint that picture, uh, to be able to say, I, I need to move and I need to move quickly on this. Well, we, we, can't, then, do, um, we can't do what we've done before, which is take um, you know, months and months and months to, to analyze something and come up with a perfect business case. So it gets me back to the relationship. So if you've, if you've demonstrated that as a CIO you've got your utilities working properly and you're building a relationship with the businesses, right, and um, then you can have that conversation and say, we need to move quickly on this one. Um, you know, don't use the word trust me, but we need to move faster on this one. Um, and and you end up with a partnership with someone rather than trying to drive it individually. When you're looking at this whole idea of uh, moving something faster, is that well? And you you mentioned that there is some some business case, but now if you're going to try to move faster, you are cannibalizing stability. Or do you think you can eat the cake and have it too? You can, you cannot cannibalize stability. You can't do that. Um, I, I guess I said I can't. Um, I couldn't justify having the network down you know, 60% of the time because I'm trying to build some new service. Um, you you cannot. You you just can't just uh, justify taking your the blocking and tackling the basic services uh, down below a certain level. Because uh, if you do, then people go back to my model. They're the stick figure model. You, you people come in and they are unable to do a journal voucher entry or create a PO. Um, they can't do their job, and I can't sell them on something future um, if they can't do their job today. So I've yet to see uh, an ITCXO who has not expressed concern about the resource constraints. You know, doing more with less or more with nothing, mm-hmm. right? And and that's always is going to be a challenge for the the IT leader. So now, when you're trying to, on one hand, maybe bring agility, and on the other hand, making sure SLAs are uh, you know are in place, and then you got innovation going, and you got resource constraints. At what point do you throw the towel, or you you essentially negotiate back to say I can do one of the three or two of the three? Right. I don't think you ever throw the towel in. Um... At least I wouldn't do that. I, I, you'd want to go back and, and do the negotiation. So it all, again, it comes back to some of the SLAs. You might be able to renegotiate um, softer SLAs um, so that you can redirect some of the money. Um, you might just go back and, and say, here is the floor. This is the absolute minimum. We, we just can't go below this. Um, and therefore, you negotiate uh, more headroom um, from the corporation. Um, I, I don't think you give up. I think you you have to, as a leader, continually ask yourself what are what are different ways to tweak this. We can we can either tweak the services model. We can. I'll go back to my utility example. Um, you know, the lights are on in this building twenty four seven. If I needed to to redirect some money, what I might be able to do is go back to the owners of the building here and say, I'm going to not provide electricity to this building between the hours of um, midnight and 5 in the morning. 
so that I can save that money and redirect it somewhere else. Now, that may mean that somebody comes in at midnight or 2 in the morning and they won't have electricity, but that's an agreed-to decision. And that may be the same thing that you need to do. You've got to be a little more creative if, in fact, you're at the bare minimum. How do you then get to be, how do you get creative so that you can squeeze some more money out of the environment uh, if you can't just build your case to say we, we need to move faster and we need a little more funding to make that happen? Again, it gets back to the, I think it gets back to the relationship you have with the senior leaders of the company. Um, they're rational um, people that uh, if there is a, a good um, reason for moving forward, if you can see increase in revenue, you can see increase in sales or, or a reduction of, of uh, costs, which drop right down to the bottom line, uh, I think for the most part, they're business people and they will see the value of it and will either let you increase the budget or um, agree with you that, yeah, the only way we're going to do this is to reduce on some of the services and, we're, and we are going to accept that reduction. When we see utility approach to IT, and for the most part, IT seen as an enabler, how much um, emphasis you as a leader, as an IT leader, are able to put consciously to say, okay, let me go ahead and do these disruptive projects? Or only the, if you got more of that utility model going, what's the incentive for the IT leader to really say, you know what, I'm going to always create uh, that extra breathing room for me to go and do that value creation, even though I've got resource constraints or other other handicap of sorts. Well, I, I think there's tremendous value in um, the IT leader being able to create that headroom because there, as you said earlier, there's IT is the fabric of every corporation. There are just so many things, so many opportunities that we can provide to the businesses. Um, the, once you get the, the utility part of it down, you can look at and partner with the businesses and say, this is where we, I think we can help. And, and again, it's more of a business mindset than it is a technical mindset. Um, how do we onboard people faster? How do we, um, how do we provide your, the ability for you to do your job uh, faster or quicker, maybe with a new tool and opportunity to, to put a... Um, something on an iPad or a phone that would provide a salesperson with more information than they have going into a sales call. Um, a field engineer person being able to walk into, um, into a customer site and know that there is a contract pending, but there's also three machines that are down, um, and then they walk in and the first thing they do is address the three machines that are down and then try and sell something new. So I think there's tremendous value that the IT team can provide um, if they have more of a business background, business bent to them. Um, so they need to have a utilitarian mindset. You know, we've, we've got these lights that are up and running, but they also need to be working closely with the business leaders, building the relationship, and understand the business and the value that the tools, the technology can provide to help them sell more um, or provide a better service. Let's take a quick break, listeners, and uh, we'll be right back and talk about people. So, yes, at leadership level, you'll negotiate. You will talk to the business to give you opportunities to create value and everything else in between. Now, when it comes to the people who work within the IT department, they have to be together working with the leader and, and, and move with the leader to make sure that the values created, the SLAs are uh, fulfilled, and also you have a way to also handle the agility to do things faster and harder. 
how do you make that happen? Yes, leadership is is a key component here. People have their own whims and fancies and their approach to life. How do you make them move to your tunes? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, John, you're the greatest leader. You're, you work very well with your CXOs, you know, the executive management, but your execution is dependent on your people. They have to be driven by value creation versus showing what, what did they do yesterday. How do you develop a cohesive team which will deliver everything that we just spoke about? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, so when I, what I look for in my leaders is, is more of a business bent um, or business uh, acumen than a technical acumen. You can buy the technology. I can, I can figure out where to go um, to make sure that we know how a database is tweaked properly and um, you know, how we, um, you know, is Windows 10 better than Windows uh, 7 and when you make that move. The technology part of this, I think, is, is fairly straightforward. The leaders I need and the leaders that, that a CIO, the leadership style a CIO need, needs is more business acumen. Um, I do look for, uh, right or wrong, uh, my leaders um, that have MBAs. I know that they have a business background. They they know, um, you know things like ROI. They they understand marketing. Uh, they understand uh, go to go to marketing models. Um, they can talk to a business leader in their terms, but then they have the added ben- benefit of turning around and then talking the technology um, to people that can actually make something happen. So. Um, a technologist might come in and say, "This is, you know, this is a uh, here's a really new, cool piece of technology. We should be investing in it." Uh, the business person would say, 
that technology, how, how is that going to generate more revenue for us? Um, how, do I, how do I see us um, actually um, taking that technology, exploiting it for the benefit of, of the business, generating more revenue, reducing costs, um, generating um, you know, to something to the bottom line? So there's a, there's a clear, and, I, and I've seen this in my own organization, there is a clear delineation between uh, the technologists and somebody that's going to come running into my office and saying, here's this really cool new piece of technology, we need to invest in it, and a different leader that might come in and say, I had this conversation with um, our information management group at Kodak Alaris. They're struggling with, um, you know, with this uh, onboarding people. How can we help them? And I think this tool that we have might be able to help them. So your people who you have empowered, that's what you're essentially saying, to make sure that they think business first and technology second. So they, did that happen because you hired right or you did something uh, with the people you inherited? So, yeah, so um, can't. So we, we've inherited, uh, at least here at Kodak Alaris. Again, we are a spin-off wholly or completely separate from the Eastman Kodak Company. Um, but we are a separate company, but we brought o- em- employees over when we did the spinoff. Um, and so I have a mixture. I have some new employees that we've hired, others that I um, hired from the Eastman Kodak Company. Uh, so I do have a mixture, uh, clearly a, a mixture on my leadership team of uh, people that are you know, have a business acumen as well as a technical, you know, pure technical acumen. Um, I think you have to nurture that as a leader. Um, I have a couple of my leaders that I'm putting into training right now through um, through some um, some programs um, that will get them to think a little more like business leaders. I think coaching is important. So when somebody does bring uh, this really cool new technology to me, that questions I keep asking them is how is it going to benefit the business? And I and I over the last three years, they're now they they know the questions that I'm going to ask. Right. And if they come to me with a cool new technology, the first question I ask is, how is it going to benefit the business? So they don't even bring that to me anymore. They know that they need to bring that to me with a rationale as to how, as a company, we can exploit that. So I think it's, it's hiring, um, you know, making sure that as I bring new people in, some of the questions I use during the interview process pokes at how much business acumen they have. Um, the other part of it is some really good people that I have that you just have to get them to think a little differently. Um, and they're all very smart, intelligent people. And when you ask them as a leader, when you ask them the right questions, they then start to understand how you think, and then they start to begin to think the same way. So you'd very well uh, explained your process of how you're creating the right mindset. When it comes to the execution, which is when they're doing what how do you make sure that the leakage is minimal? The distractions are minimal because every dollar counts, every second counts when you're trying to be a utility and also a disruptive force for your business. So um, I'm not sure I fully, I'm not sure I followed that uh, 100%. How do I make sure that there's Less leakage. Leakage is, yeah, because when they're executing something, so they may have the greatest mindset. But then if you're running utility, you have processes that you have to follow, and you want to make sure that everyone is using their time optimally. But there's always leakage possible because you're not going to go and, and, and look over everybody's shoulder. Right, exactly. So, again, this is the empowerment part. How do you empower the team? Um, 
So again, I have some really clear guidelines that, that I use with my team. Um, and I think they, and, and I, I would hope that if they were on the call, they would uh, echo the same thing. You know, first and foremost, we keep the lights on, and they know that. And they know that they can't uh, go look for some disruptive technology if, in fact, we were in the middle of a problem. Um, two weeks ago, we, we, had a, uh, we lost our ERP system for, um, you know, for an hour or two. At that point, it's all hands on deck. You just, they know that. They know that you just drop everything and you go fix the problem um, because back to my stick figure model here, if, you, if the employees you know, are there to do journal voucher entries and purchase orders, if they can't do that, the company comes to a standstill. So they, they know their level of, uh, of priority. Um, and when that's done, then they know that they shouldn't be trying to to just make that even better. They then start to have to look at, okay, how do I partner up with the business? Um, how do I have ongoing meetings with the business to understand what their needs are? Uh, you're not going to do that from afar. Um, we have, we're instituting business relationship managers here. Um, most of my leadership team has some component of their, you know, what I ask them for is to be a business relationship manager. Go out and look and, and work with the information management teams um, um, of the world and, and ask, okay, what, understand what they're doing, uh, stay close to them so that they can bring thoughts and ideas in. But it's a hierarchy. There's, there's clearly the, the hierarchy in how they think. And again, as a leader, you've got to keep con- con- continually shaping that and make sure that, you know, back to your leakage, that they're not leaking too far one way or the other, um, you know, at the expense of the utility, leaking too far over to uh, how to help the business and vice versa. There, there's no simple answer to this, Sanjay. There's, there's, if there was, I would write a book, I'd put an intellectual property around it, and I'd sell it. Um, <laughs> no, totally. No. I see that. One last question for you. I'm sure you, you were not the fully cooked, excellent CIO that you are today. What changes would you think in the leadership style and the mindset that others who are aspiring to be where you are, because you seem to have aced the, the game here, um, what do you think was the learning which you would uh, impart or you'd say the steps that they have to take or the grooming they have to go through before they get here, where they are, yeah. you're able to demonstrate that IT can create value versus just showing reports? Yeah, so I, so I would say, first of all, I don't think I've aced it, and I think that's an important uh, attribute to any leader, um, that you, you can never say, I'm there, I'm, I've done it. Um, this industry is changing rapidly, um, and you have to constantly stay on top of it. So my message to any leader would be, um, understand where, you know, where the industry's headed, because it's constantly changing, and are you constantly looking at the changes? Um, Two weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I did a, uh, a tour of our Latin America region, um, and from I'm up here in, in upstate New York. So to get to, um, to to Argentina and to Brazil, there's a nine-hour flight involved in that. Nine-hour flight one way and a nine-hour flight back. I ended up um, I don't sleep very well on planes, so I read four books, all IT-related books about IT leadership. Um, I think that a leader has to continually look at themselves and challenge themselves and ask themselves what's going on with, uh, with the industry. Um, so I don't know that, that, um, that I have nailed it. I think I'm uh, constantly learning, and that would be my message to any up-and-coming leader, is you, you cannot say you're there. Uh, congratulations and pat yourself on the back. You are constantly being challenged. Um, 
The businesses are changing on a rapid basis, and you have to spend a certain portion of your life uh, understanding where the industry is headed and constantly educating yourself. Um, and, you, and again, for me, I do that in, you know, in, in just some readings. Um, I also I mentor some groups. Fifteen seconds, and, uh, and I teach. And so I've, so I think that's I've learned from other people uh, as well. So. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, John, for sharing your insights and thoughts about how organizations can uh, look at this whole value-driven uh, IT in, in a way, and also the leaders, the IT leaders themselves, change the mindset for themselves and for their people so that we are not just churning out reports, we are not just thinking about us as a utility, but instead someone which is creating value for the business. So thank you so much again, John. Thank you. And listeners, please like us on Facebook. Search for CTN, CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.